Praise the Lord. I asked Brother Tim to just stay in here today, so I know you kids are probably looking forward to Children's Church, but I think we all just need to stay here today. I think God has something for all of us. Praise the Lord. Turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 9. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we thus speak. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love which you have showed toward His name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing... I will bless thee, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. I want to talk to you about today is receive the, receiving the promise. <clears throat> Got another scripture I'm going to share with you here in a minute, but I want to talk to you just a minute about this. We look in verse 11 there, and it says, We desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. So you see, receiving the promises of God requires diligent effort. It requires a faithful attitude. You understand what that means? See, God is faithful, y'all. God is faithful in everything. If He says He will do something, He will do it. But there requires, there is required of us a certain level of faithfulness also. He will not move when we don't believe. He will not move when our faith does not extend into His realm. When we begin to look to Him and we diligently seek after Him, what does the Word say? He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek after Him. I want you to be encouraged today. I want you to know that God wants to revive you. There is a promise of that in His Word. But He will not move in your life until you begin to press toward Him. As you begin to seek after Him, guess what? He comes in. He comes in. Y'all hear what I said? Do you want God to move in your life? See, it's real easy to say that but not really want it. And you sit on the back burner saying, nah, it's good enough for Sunday morning, but I really don't want God to shake my life up. Everything's going pretty good right now. Well, see, that's what God does when He comes into your life. He shakes things up. 
He puts things in order. He begins to move things around that don't need to be there. He will rid you of any kind of unrighteousness if you allow Him. He will purge you if you allow Him. You know, in order for a water tank to be emptied, you have to open the valve. And if you shut the valve off, guess what? That water doesn't continue to empty. Just like that unrighteousness that all of us have in our lives from time to time. It will not leave you unless you leave the valve open for her to escape. If you don't allow it to leave, it won't leave. If you hang on to it and keep it there in your life, guess what? It's going to stay and just like a bacteria or a fungus or any kind of nasty growth you can imagine, you know what it does? It begins to multiply into other unrighteousness. It begins to take hold in your life like a cancer and you can't get it out unless you bring God on the scene. Why am I telling you this today? Because the church is full of unrighteousness. It's full of it. We're the body of Christ. And we allow those things in our life. People look at us and say, well, I don't want to be a Christian. Look how they treat people. Look how they live. And they they claim to be one thing, but they do something different. Hypocrisy does not further the kingdom of God. How did Abraham receive the promise? Verse 15 tells you, after he patiently endured, he obtained the promise. What does that tell you? That tells you you can't come to the altar and pray one time and expect everything in your life to be fixed. You can't come to God on your terms every night and say the same prayer and expect there to be any kind of relationship because it's a ritual. You can't expect God to meet you on your terms and do what you want Him to do when you're not willing to make any changes in your life. You can't expect God to work miracles in you and for you when you don't want to give Him the time of day unless there's a need. You can't expect God to give you blessings when you're living in sin. Right? You wonder why it feels like sometimes the face of God is against you. Why it feels like sometimes the very God and Creator of the universe is your enemy. You know why? It's not because you're living a righteous and pure and holy life. It's because you're living against Him. Guess what? When you're against somebody, they become your enemy. It doesn't matter how you feel about the situation. When you live contrary to the Word of God, He will not bless your life. He will have no part of it. He will turn against you if you turn against Him. Man, I don't know how to say that any plainer. There's times I've, in my life, decided I wanted to live a certain way. Didn't line up with the Word of God. You know what happens? The blessings I have begin to retreat. You step out from under that protective wing. You find out what living in the world is all about. You don't realize how good you have it until you don't have it. 
Turn to John chapter 14. There's a promise for the children of God. There's a promise that we have. If you don't know what the promise is, or you forget what the promise is, it doesn't do you any good. You think Abraham patiently endured to obtain obtain something he forgot about? When he received it, he wouldn't have known, would he? How would he have known he received the promise if he forgot what the promise was? If he didn't understand from the beginning what the promise was, how would he have patiently endured? You see, he understood that that promise was a great promise. That it was a great reward. That there was something great to be received by patiently enduring. Some of you today, you may be living in sin. You may be living a sinful life. You know why you're doing that? Because you forgot what the promise was. You forgot there was something worth receiving. You look at the sin and you think, oh man, this is fun. How can this be bad? It feels good. It's enjoyable. All my friends are doing it. All my co-workers are doing it. But you forgot the promise. You forgot there was a promise that was greater than any of that stuff. And you've also forgotten that that stuff will pass away and will lead to more ungodliness. And the end of it is death. You forgot those things. I'm here to remind you today. Here to remind you that as a child of God, do you still want to be a child of God first of all? Do you still want to be His child? If you don't, hey, strike out, buddy. Head down your own path. But if you're going to call yourself a child of God, there's a higher standard. You're held to a higher standard. You may not like that. You may not like the things I'm saying to you today. But you know what? God says my people that are called by my name are called to a higher standard. You can't live like the world and be considered godly. Because the world's not godly. John chapter 14, verse 16. Now this is Jesus speaking to His disciples. He's getting ready to leave. He knows the time's coming. You know what Jesus did while He was here? He was a comforter to those people. He said, and I will pray pray the Father. Jesus is going to talk to the Father for them. Right? For us. And I will pray the Father. And He might if I ask good enough. No. Listen, this is Jesus, the Son of God, talking to His Father. He said, He shall give you another comforter. What does the Word say? It says, you ask anything in My name and it will be done. Right? Do you understand that, okay? Let's just stop reading for a minute. Y'all understand that. See, there's a whole lot of times that we pray and say, Oh God, if you would just do this. If. What do you mean if? You see, that's not in accordance with the Word of God. Jesus said, if you ask anything in My name, it will be done. 
See, that's the kind of faith you need to stand on. Stand on those promises like that. Because He said it will be done. He said, I'm going to talk to the Father and He shall send you another comforter. See, God is a God of definites, not maybes. Now your answer may be no, because you're asking not in accordance with His Word. You're asking to consume it upon your lust, as it says in James. And honestly, I don't know how we ask those kind of things in the name of Jesus. Right? That's not right. Let's continue reading. And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter, that He may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Now listen, this is a dividing line. This is where you become different from the world. Right? The world cannot receive that comforter. Because it seeth him not lack of faith. Neither knoweth him. But ye know him. For he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But you see me, because I live. You shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Man, that's a promise. He's saying when you receive the Holy Ghost, you're going to know. The words I'm saying right now are going to be confirmed that I'm standing right there with my Father. And guess what? I... God, I'm going to be in you. I'm here with you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. That's important. See, in another place also, it tells you the same thing. You know you love God because you keep His commandments. He that loveth me shall be loved above my Father, and I will love Him and will manifest myself to Him. Now turn to Matthew chapter 5. This is the last scripture I have for you today. Some of y'all ought to just know this one. Matthew 5 and 6. You ought to just know it. Matthew 5 and 6. This is where we need to be right now. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Y'all, I'm hungry. That's what I'm praying for. I'm praying for the revival of my spirit. I'm praying to be filled, right? Just like if you don't eat for two or three days. Some of y'all may not ever went that long. But you eat, you miss a meal maybe. Maybe you didn't eat no breakfast and come six o'clock in the evening you're like, man, I am hungry. Right? You know that feeling that just emptiness and you start getting weak and shaky feeling and, and you need something in you, right? 
Man, I want to, I want this church to be hungry like that, okay? We need to be hungering after righteousness. It says if they, they that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Not it might happen. Not there's a good chance. Not it's likely. This isn't a weather forecast, y'all. This said shall be filled. Shall. See, that's not just good direction. That's a promise. When somebody says shall, that's a promise. When the church of God begins to hunger and thirst after righteousness, think about that. That's not just hungering and thirsting after God. Understand the difference now. Listen to those words. Hungering and thirsting after righteousness. What is righteousness? Well, let me tell you what righteousness is not. It's not living in sin. It's not having filthy communication come out of your mouth. It's not uh, living in the um, in opposition to the Word of God. It's not living however you want to live. It's living a pure, holy, undefiled life. It's living a a life that is godly according to His Word. It's not living a worldly life. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. That's where the church of God needs to be today. That's where the body of Christ needs to be today. Seeking after Him. Trying to rid ourselves of sin. How many times do you do that? How often do, on a daily basis, do we try to take notice of sin in our life and get rid of it? You know, sometimes we focus on helping other people. And we're supposed to do that, right? But you can't help many people when you're full of sin. And most likely you won't have a desire to help other people when you're full of sin. When you're not living a righteous life, you don't care about nobody else. Am I driving the point home today? What did I tell you this was called? Receiving the promise. What's my promise? Hmm? Has God made you any promises? If you say no, you're you're foolish. You don't read His Word. Because that book is full from end to end of promises to His children. His children. Children of God. You know who I am? I'm a child of God. And guess what? I'm highly favored. And guess what? That can only take place if I'm living a righteous life. That's the stipulation. You have to live a righteous life. I can't do that on my own. That's why the Comforter came. You know what another word for Comforter is? If you go look up that original Greek word, you know what another definition, besides in the English language, uh, instead of Comforter? Advocate. We've talked about an advocate before. What's an advocate? Someone that pleads your case. 
Think of a lawyer, a defender, a defense attorney. He stands before the judge, right? And he talks because you probably don't have no business talking for yourself because you'll just make a mess of it, right? If I begin to try to plead my case to God, he's going to see through every little lie. He's going to see through every little attempt at deceiving him. But the Holy Spirit, that Spirit of truth it talked about, can stand there and say, God, He needs you. God, He needs to move. See, we think about this in the wrong terms sometimes. That advocate not only is, is a defender, he, but he doesn't try to defend unrighteousness. He doesn't. But what he does is he, he begins to plead your case to God and, and show where that trouble lies. And God can make an accurate judgment about what you need in your life. You see, that advocate can communicate to God in ways you can't begin to communicate. He can say things you don't even know need saying because He is the Spirit of truth. He sees everything within you. He knows everything that's coming down the road. He knows where you're going and where you've been. And when He begins to speak to the Holy One on your behalf, guess what? He knows the exact words to say. So you begin to... You begin to pray, you need to ask Him to come and pray for you. You need to ask the Holy One, the Holy Ghost to be there in that place. When you begin to seek God, don't seek Him on your own terms. Seek Him on what the Word says. Listen to me, church. Listen, there is a time and a place for ungodliness and it is not after you receive Jesus into your heart. That time and place should be long behind you. Don't turn around like a dog to his own vomit. Y'all ever seen? I know it sounds nasty. That's what the Word says though. You ever seen a dog vomit and then turn around and eat it? Isn't that the nastiest thing you've ever seen? But that's exactly what you're doing when you taste of the goodness and greatness of God and then you turn back to that filthy lifestyle again. You might as well be doing the same thing. Because you know how good God is. And some of y'all, you've been in an ungodly situation so long, it becomes normal. And then you look at somebody like me that's up here shouting and telling you about how good God is, and you think, well, look at this fool. He don't even know what he's doing. I'm telling y'all, listen... Wages of sin are death. That becomes so cliche in this world today. But it is it couldn't be no more true. Teenagers, y'all think you can just go do what you want to do and there won't be no consequences to pay. I'm here to tell you firsthand experience, there's consequences to pay. You can live how you want to live, Johnny. You can do it. God will let you. There's consequences to pay. Man, I hope y'all hear what I'm telling you today. There was a time I gave my life to God. And you know what? I went on and did what I wanted to do. I didn't understand the big picture. I'm trying to share that big picture with you today. See, God doesn't call you to a higher standard because it makes Him look good. 
He calls you to a higher standard because He wants you to rise above all the fallibilities of the, of the world. He wants you to rise above all of those things that will do nothing but bring about death and destruction in your life. You see, His promises are great. His ways are higher than our ways. Why? Because He's God? Yes, but also because this world is so bad. It's a fallen world. It can't do anything but harm you. You take the best this world has to offer, and guess what? It will mess you up, man. Brother John, will you come play? You got no one to quit. Listen, y'all, I'm not up here today talking down to you because I've always lived a perfect life. I'm here today sharing with you because I've been in both situations and I know which one's better. That ain't to say I'm perfect and I'll never sin again. I guarantee you I will because I'm still human. But I guarantee you that's not where I'm striving for. I don't want to head down that path. Sometimes we do things that we didn't really want to do. And even in the moment, maybe it seemed like an okay idea. But soon after, you realize, man, I shouldn't have done that. And sometimes even after you realize, I shouldn't have done that, you keep on going. Keep on doing those things you shouldn't do. But look, there comes a time when you're going to have to answer for that. See, God is a a truthful, faithful judge. And when He judges you, it's going to be perfect judgment. There's one way to escape that. And that's by asking Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Have Him come into your heart. I didn't say there's other ways. I said there's one way. The Bible tells us that it's only through Him that we come to the Father. And guess what? It's on His terms. Not on your own. You can't make up, well, God, I'm going to compromise with you. I'll do this if you'll... No. You've got to turn from your sin. Y'all stand with me this morning. Everyone bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're standing here today and God's been speaking to you Listen, don't worry about who's around. None of that matters right now. What matters is what's going on between you and God. He's the one that we we ought to be concerned about. If this spoke to you today, I don't know the situation in your life, but if you're living how you shouldn't live, and you want to change, just raise your hand today. Thank you. 
Anyone else? Listen, this is your time. I don't know how many opportunities you'll get. I hope you get a thousand. But I hope you only need this one. Anyone else today? Listen, you know where you're living. You know how you're living. And so does God. You know whether it's pleasing to Him or not. I don't know that. I don't know your life. All I know is mine. But I know God's speaking to somebody today. Anyone else? I would stand here all day long if I had if I could, but I know there comes a point where you're just not going to do it right now. I want you to know we're praying. This church is praying. We're not going to sit idly by while we watch another one after another one fall into the pit. We're going to fight. Anyone else before we close? Alright, those that raise your hands, y'all just pray with me right now where you are. Father, I come to you right now, Lord. And God, there, there's some that raise their hands today and there's others that maybe wanted to and just, this just, just hadn't been able to cope with all of this right now. So God, I just ask that you go before those. That Lord, as they leave this place today, that look, don't slack up on them, Lord. Keep the heat on them. Let them know, God, that people are fervently praying for them today. That righteous people are fervently praying for them. That, that those, that, that sin that they continue to live in, Lord, they won't be able to enjoy it because of what we're doing, God. I ask that you begin to work in their lives right now and just continue to work, but continue to shake them, Lord, that they'll have to turn back to you before it's too late. But God, those that did raise their hand, those that are turning to you in Jesus' name, Lord, I just thank you and praise you, God, that they've heard this word today, that Lord, they're willing to turn from their ways, Lord, that they would turn to you in this time, and God, that they would forsake those old worldly things, God, that they would try to their best, Lord, that they'd begin to seek you and live a holy and righteous life, Lord, your word says that you will fill them if they will do that. So God, I ask that right now, God, that this church body would be a blessing to those that are here. That those that are here, Lord, that are living in sin, God, they wouldn't be able to do it comfortably because of Your Holy Spirit, Lord. Begin to convict them and work in them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank You, Lord. We thank You and praise Your name. We thank You and praise Your name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Brother Sam, will you dismiss for us, please?